Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. I'm Robert Peake, and I'm here with Todd Brown. Hello, everyone. And uh, once again, the purpose of this podcast series is to draw out some of the principles of the getting things done GTD methodology. That is an approach that helps you basically get more done with less stress, um, bring some ease and grace and fluidity into your work and also into your day-to-day life by helping you get things off your mind and build a system that becomes a kind of kind of second brain to help you do what you need to do without having to keep it all so much in your head. Todd, as we were talking uh, just before we uh, signed on here, pushed record, um, we were talking about review and you made the great point that um, people sometimes fall into a bit of kind of the trap of thinking that the weekly review which is the one real component of the methodology that has the word review in it, um, is kind of it, is, is review, that review equals weekly review. And uh, I think I found, and I, I know you found in your practice of GTD, that actually there's a lot of different kinds of more subtle types of review. So I thought we might talk a little bit about that. Do you want to kick off on this, on this topic? Sure. I, I think... As, as I said, when we were um, when we were talking about what to talk about, um, I, I think it resonates with a lot of people, and I think there are some some misconceptions about it. Um, you know, we called it in the in the old vocabulary, as it were. We called it uh, review. These days, in the in the new vocabulary, we tend to refer to it as as reflect, and it's the fourth of the five phases in the getting things done um, workflow model. Uh, I think ultimately, as you say, a lot of people come away from the seminar saying, "Hey." Yeah, I've understood. I've understood reflect or review. That's basically, am I doing my weekly reviews? But I think as as you know, as time's gone by in my own GTD practice and my own kind of uh, deeper understanding of what's going on in the in the methodology, it's clearer to me that that reflect is really about <clears throat> to what extent am I interacting helpfully with my external system, right? With my, with my GTD system, whatever form that takes, you know, whether it's something I'm keeping in the tasks and outlook or something that I'm keeping in online and Todoist or, you know, whatever, wherever my, wherever my lists as it were and my, and my, uh, the elements of my system are kept, am I interacting with that in the most effective way? You know, I sometimes say in the work that I do, Just to take extreme examples, if I said to you uh, as a GTD coach, if I said to you, hey, what I think you ought to do is look at your calendar once every five minutes, you'd quite rightly say, well, that's too much. It's not helpful. That's, that's, um, that's giving that element of my system too much time and attention. Whereas if I said to you, okay, well, here's the, here's the plan. You look at your calendar at most once every three weeks, you'd quite rightly say, well, that's nowhere near right often enough because then I'm going to miss things. I'll be late for things, et cetera. So what we're trying to do is strike that happy medium in all of the elements of our GTD system when it comes to, when it comes to reflect. And so, so reflect in a sense is, is anytime that you're choosing to interact with your system, um, whether what you're doing is updating your system and sort of testing whether it's fit for purpose, as is the case, of course, when we're doing uh, a weekly review, or if you're, you know, just um, having a look at your calendar uh, to see what it is that you might have on on any given day. So uh, I guess I'd, I'd encourage folks to think think more broadly about what reflect uh, means. You know, which ele- element of your system should you be looking at when, and are all of the elements of your system getting 
getting appropriate attention. That I guess that's kind of the the overarching uh, the overarching framework that that I've got for it. What's what's your experience, Robert? Well, that's great, and I think um, I really like the point you make that obviously there is such a thing as too much as well as as too little, right? You know, and some of these extreme examples kind of illustrate it. Work looking at your your life purpose every five minutes too wouldn't be wouldn't be terribly helpful. It would just kind of become become nonsense and just words. For me, one of the things that I think as I've been coaching and working with people, they found helpful is when I just say, as a GTD or here's what I do. And one of the kind of examples in that is my day-to-day reflection practice. So what what does my day-to-day reflection practice look like? It's really pretty straightforward. It's back and forth between lists and calendar and then processing in the new inputs that come in to my day. That's that's really kind of what it what it comes down to. So the daily reflection involves looking at the calendar to see what's scheduled. And then in the white space, basically deciding is it time to go to my lists to see what I need to do, or is it time to process in some new inputs so I have a comprehensive understanding of what there is that's possible to do? And that's a rhythm, right? That's a process of reflecting. That's a process of using components, particularly calendar, uh, in inboxes, whatever those are, uh, and lists to help guide me. So I think one of the bigger principles out of all of that is that you want to know what you're trying to get out of a reflection exercise. So in the weekly review, you're trying to get clear, get current, and get creative, right? Those are the, the major overarching kind of headlines that you, if you feel that you've done those three things coming out of a review, it's been an effective review. For the day-to-day, for me, the kind of uh, goal I have in, in my day-to-day is that I feel like I'm focused on the right things at the right point in time. That I trust my choices because they're informed choices. They're well-informed um, because I've been looking at the components I use to help me manage my focus and my attention. But then there's these higher horizons, right? There's all these wonderful um, higher horizons that um, we can start to look at as you as your GTD practice becomes solid. Uh, it makes sense to look up into some of the bigger areas, knowing that you can handle what trickles down from those from those bigger areas. Um, so that can be a lot of fun to kind of get an understanding of the rhythms of some of the higher horizons as well. I don't know how do you how do you relate to the different horizons in, in terms of review, and is there any particular particular part of the horizons model you find particularly helpful, particularly challenging? I'd be I'd be interested to hear about your practice there, Todd. Well, I think, um, yeah, as, as I'm reflecting on what you were just talking about, I think, um, and this applies to the horizons as well as to any element of my system, I think what's interesting is that, that part of what really informs, uh, informs what I want to focus on, helps me to make those decisions about what I want to focus on, is what's going on in my system and more broadly in my world. So, so in some ways, I feel like it's it's a it's a um, my my choices about how to interact with my system are driven by the um, the tensions in a sense that I'm feeling right. So have I not looked at my email inbox in a while? Well, that's going to create a bit of tension that says, hey, there may be some things there that you might want to look at. Are my lists getting really long? Well, then that's some tension that might be in, indicating that hey, you know, you might want to spend some more time on your list. Or has it been you know quite a long time since I looked at any 
you know, list, any single list in my system. Well, you know, then that means either I need to be looking at that list or that might be an indication to me that, that, that a weekly review is, is overdue. So it's a, I think for me, again, it's, it's a response in a way to, as I say, to what's going on in my system. And, and as the inputs are arriving, right, whether it's, whether it's, you know, posts in Microsoft Teams or in Slack or, or emails arriving or texts or whatever it is, that I'm, <clears throat> that creates some tension as well. And that, that, that then can be, um, can help to inform uh, what it is that I choose to focus on. But to come more, you know, to, to, to more specifically to the question you ask about the higher horizon. So again, just for those of you who are uh, either not familiar or might not have thought about the higher horizons in a while. Um, so the higher horizons, the, the horizon model is a model of, of, of six levels. Starts down at what we call the ground level, which is sort of the tactical things you do every day. It's the emails you send and the things you buy at the store and the, and the conversation topics you have with your boss. And then as we go up the six horizons, we get longer term and more strategic. So um, we go through projects at level one, you know, the things you want to get done by the end of the year, uh, your ongoing commitments, your um, areas of focus, as we call that at, um, at horizon two. Um, and then as we go up, we go into longer term goals, more strategic goals, and then ultimately at the top level, we've got um, your, your, your purpose and principles, right? So um, as I quite often say in the work that I do, you know, up at this level, we're talking about why are you here? Uh, and I don't mean why are you, you know, in, in the room that you're in right at the moment, or why are, you, uh, why are you in the meeting that you're in, but rather why are you on the planet? If you were going to live your life, life on purpose, what would that mean? So <clears throat> to come back to your question, Robert, I think that model has been incredibly helpful for me over the years in, um, in helping to, the word that comes to mind is validate the choices that I'm making about next actions, right? So without the perspective that's provided by doing a bit of thinking at those higher horizon levels, um, the, the, the next actions that I might choose to engage with at any given time seem a bit more of a soup. They seem, they seem sort of, sort of undifferentiated in a way. Um, and so it's, it's only when I've thought about those, um, you know, uh, done a bit of, of homework as I, as I see it and thought about those higher horizons, that it helps to inform, uh, it helps me to prioritize what's going on at the next action level. So I can make better choices day to day about what I choose to focus on because I've thought about, yeah, well, what am I trying to make happen in five years time, right? What, what is that, what does that outcome look like? So, so yeah, I find it I find it absolutely indispensable. And the other thing that I would say, in fairness, is that it took me a long time in my own GTD practice to get to the point where I got it, where I made, where I made, where it made sense to me. But what what these I sort of understood it conceptually, but the power of it was a little bit was a little bit opaque until I started to to really engage with it. Um, and now it's yeah it's, it's one of the elements of my GTD system that I would really really struggle to get to get on uh, to get on without. How about you? What does that bring to mind for you? That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's a it's a rich and powerful model, and there's a lot of depth to it. And so I think it's probably encouraging for some people out there earlier on in the journey to hear you say, you know, I didn't didn't quite get the the reflection on the higher horizons first time out of the gate. I think I think a lot of people don't, but there's a real subtle power i think to to all of that um and, and i've certainly found a lot of value over over the years in 
what, what basically comes down to defining what's true, because what's true, a lot of it already exists. You have values. In case you didn't know they're there, you just may not have articulated them. You have goals. Um, you have lots of areas of focus. So getting it out uh, is kind of the first part, getting it somewhere where you can you can look at it or you've even you know thought about it very consciously at once. And then, as you said, engaging with it appropriately, not too much, not, not, not too little. Um, because I think one of the things at play here is that we all have a subconscious, right? We all have a part of us that we're not absolutely aware of all the time, but that it is kind of, I call it mulling things over. I think that may be an Americanism, but that idea that things are kind of simmering along, you know, and then ideas and things pop out at, at various times. So in a way you're sort of feeding or priming that part of you that's not always thinking about every single value that you hold dear, but that, but that if you look at that, you know, once a quarter or once a year or however often you need to, to really feel, feel more in touch with that, that's going to start to overshadow and, positively affect what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I, I really, with the Horizons model, I always think of this quote, it's attributed to Einstein. I don't know if it really, really is. I'm always dubious when people attribute things to Einstein. I feel like they're kind of, you know, sometimes just trying to throw a bit of weight behind it. But for me, it's a, it's a principle that seems to just be pretty universally accepted in mathematics and life, which is you can't solve the problem from the level of the problem. You kind of, you got to bump up. You got to level up at least one to be able to look at the problem from a slightly higher perspective or a more sophisticated or, or more you know, elevated perspective. And I had a client recently who was in a leadership position and um, she was just dealing with people resistant to change. It's not, a, it's not an uncommon thing in leadership. Um, you know, and the projects were kind of solid and she kind of knew where she was headed in a lot of these things. But um, the real challenge was, you know, it's kind of like, am I, Am I, am I leading well? Am I doing this? If people are so resistant, not only to the change, but to me as kind of the messenger of change. And that one went right with the way up to the values level. And getting in touch with the values allowed her to see, you know, if people don't react well to the information I'm delivering or don't like what, you know, they don't like what I'm saying, they don't like, you know, what's going on. Is, am I still within my values? Have I still communicated clearly? Am I still being kind? Am I still holding true to a vision that I believe in? You know, am I still kind of in my integrity as a leader? And so I think that was really helpful because the answer was the answer was yes. It's like you're you're doing fine. Just people don't like that. You know. So I think it's amazing how GTD can get to you know. And and the response after coaching, she was saying, well, you know, I didn't realize you know that the GTD you know I didn't think of it as leadership coaching. I said, well, it's not. But it is, you know, a framework that can help you shed light on your own life, whatever the challenge is. It's just as applicable to parenting. It's just as applicable to a lot of these other areas that if you get in touch with a higher level, that often kind of prime the subconscious or whatever you want to call it, it will help inform decisions thereafter, as well as in the moment. You know, for her, it was like, oh, yeah, you know what? These values, these are the things I hold dear and, and I'm, doing, I'm doing okay, according to my scorecard of, of life. So I think it can be really um, valuable as as that as a kind of scorecard that you are regularly in touch with. Like, how am I doing? You know, so many people just wait till an annual review <laughs> once a year. Go, oh yeah, you know, I kind of fell down in that one area. You know, why not? Why not look at your areas of focus once a month and shore things up and continuously refine and improve improve what you're doing. 
So I think there's a lot of richness. I know you've you've um, experienced it for yourself, and I'm sure with lots of lots of other clients too, Todd. Um, any any tips for getting people getting started with review who maybe haven't ever done a higher level review before, haven't really looked at the old areas of focus or or really even spelled out some of the longer term goals or vision or these kind of things. Anything you found useful for yourself to kind of prime prime that, get that going, or you found useful for for kind of newbies approaching the the higher horizons and the reflection at that level. Yeah. Do, do you know, it's funny, as you were talking to earlier, I, I, what came to mind for me is that it's uh, a, a tension that I feel in my own system from time to time, and I, and I expect that a lot of people feel, is we talk a lot in GTD about the importance of having this, this external brain, right? This system, which holds on to, you know, to all of your commitments, all the information that's, that's uh, helpful to you that you might want to refer to in the future. And I find this tension in my own, in my own practice that, that there is a part of me that still believes, um, oh, no, 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 that, not necessary. Of course, no, 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 that's not necessary, right? I'm an intelligent person. And this is, it's a very small part of my, of my, uh, my consciousness or my, my subconsciousness at this point. But I think what's interesting for me about that is it, I think the first thing I'd say to anybody is just um, every time you engage with your system and you're reminded about something, that in that moment was something that was not on your mind. In a way, that is proving the proving the power of, of this kind of external brain in this review process, right? And so um, first, be clear on why your external system is a, is a valuable thing. You know, uh, why, why is it that we have it? And, you know, anybody who, I suppose at a fundamental, anybody who doubts that having an external system is a good thing, should, and this is one of David Allen's great examples, he says, well, if you don't think you need an external system, throw your calendar away, right? Why do you need a calendar? Well, I need a calendar because I don't want to forget things I have committed to do on certain dates and times. That's right. You have, you have basically delegated the responsibility for holding on to all those commitments to this element of your system called a calendar. And we just broaden that idea in, in GTD, really. Um, but I guess to, to come to your, your specific question, you know, what I would say first is don't, um, don't overwhelm yourself by saying, uh, yeah, well, I've, the first thing I got to do is make sure that I've uh, uh, created all of these horizons of focus and I've got an absolutely, you know, airtight, perfect representation of everything that I need to get done in three to five years and what all of my key principles and, you know, I think what I'd say is <clears throat> start where you feel like it might, you know, there might be some, some value for you. You know, if you don't have a projects list, create yourself a projects list and, and, and do it in total draft brainstorm mode it won't be perfect first time just write down and say to yourself hey if you know by the end of the year if the year is successful what will be true um and then each one of those outcomes becomes a project so uh, what i'm what i'm trying to get at there is my own experience of the these higher horizons is that they have evolved over time in my own system and in my own thinking and i think it's because they have evolved over time that they're much more a much more accurate reflection of kind of my world, my world as I as I want it to be. Um, so yeah. So if you if you are a perfectionist or you have perfectionist tendencies, I'd say be open to just doing this on a brainstorm you know brainstorm kind of have a go basis and expect that it will um, it will evolve over time and begin where you think there might be most value for you. Again, if that's at projects level, great. If you feel drawn to the idea of sitting down and writing down your life purpose, 
right? What are, what are the core values that you have? Then start there. Great. I don't know. What about you, Robert? No, I think that's, I think that's, helpful advice. I think people do kind of get into, oh, it's a model. I must fill out all of the model. I must do all of the model correctly because of the model. <laughs> um, and the, I'm just reflecting, there have been times in my life where you know, I had lots of projects, lots of next actions. My areas of focus, I understood that my values had been pretty immutable for a long time. I didn't have a lot of goals or visions. I didn't have a lot of two to five year perspective. I just moved country and all kinds of things were going on. And a friend of mine said, you know, where are you headed? What are your goals? What are you excited about? And I said, you know, I don't have it right now. I don't have it. And that's okay with me. What I do have is a model and some understanding that those things are going to start to come in. And when I say, okay, well, I'm in a new country and maybe in the next, you know, three or four years, I want to buy a house. I go, okay, well, put that in the vision area. I'll let that trickle down and I'll create a create a goal for the next couple, you know, year or two, and then a project, and then I have a next action, and et cetera. But until that time, you know, be real with what's real for you in the stage and, you know, part of your life that you're in. You may, you may have tons of those goals and visions and high-level things. Get them out. You may not have a lot. Fine. Get, get those out. Um, and we all have values, and we all have a sense of purpose, some, some sense of that. Um, and I think that's a, that's a cool one to get to. I, I typically will say, look, you need, you need your projects and next action solid. And then for a lot of people, the areas of focus comes naturally out of that. And then for some people, yeah, goals and vision, but for a lot of people bumping right up then to that purpose and values can help kind of fill in between the areas of focus level and that top level, you know, where you want to go kind of longer, longer term. It can be a really helpful guide to kind of jump from areas of focus up to up to at least I found that that was helpful for for me because as I said sometimes sometimes there's there's not a whole lot there and that's okay just knowing there's a model knowing there's an approach and a framework where some of this you know bigger longer term more strategic stuff can can go I think in mm. itself can be useful and can be reassuring you know I, I'm reminded we, we had uh, a couple of years ago now I think two or three years ago we had uh, David David Allen along to the podcast didn't we and and David's one of David's major themes that day was we're not saying you have to have a goals list you know a kind of a what do I want to get done by the end of next year list we're not saying you got to have three to five year goals we don't, we're not saying you got to spend a lot of time thinking about your purpose we're saying, you know, to your point, if if that is something that you're drawn to, then great. We've got we've got some really helpful frameworks, some really helpful ways of structuring that information that will enable for you um, that you'll keep your head clear. You'll over time uh, move toward those outcomes in the most efficient and effective ways. But you know, if you don't, if you're not drawn to the idea of three to five year goals, then don't have three to five year goals, right? That's it's it's not a it, it's it's not a must. And I think that's another. Uh, I, I think that's that's another really important point to to emphasize. So so thank you thank you for the reminder. Helpful helpful for me to be reminded about as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, let's talk just briefly about time scale. Um, what do you typically find is we you know we talked about there's there's too much and there's too little in terms of reflecting on these external systems once you've got them out. We talked about you know brainstorming different ways to get them out. What what feels like too much? What feels like too little for you in terms of the different uh, horizons, knowing that everyone's going to be different, everyone's going to, you know, have their own what feels right to them kind of approach. What have What have you found, or what's what? What? Do you, how do you generally engage in your practice, or know? How do you know that you're doing too much or too little? Yeah, I think for me, 
the um, well, one is one that I'm sure pretty much everybody would, would agree with, which is that a calendar review is a very valuable thing. One of the things I've gotten a lot better at in GTD is that forward calendar look, um, you know, looking out over the next um, couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever is appropriate based on how much I've got coming at me. That is hugely valuable. And I remember when I was in my previous role, in a, in a very large corporate here in London, I would sometimes show up in the office and sort of go, oh, I had totally forgotten about that meeting or whatever, and I had preparation yet to do for it. So that that has kind of disappeared from my world. So calendar review, absolutely. Um, and looking forward, I find it's very helpful. Um, uh, I, I won't talk about absolutely everything that I do in terms of review, but I think speaking generally, there are, um, I can feel the tension in my own system if I haven't looked at, uh, you know, projects and projects in my world get, get um, kept in two different places. One is sort of my sales related project get kept in a, a shared repository that we have. And then my, my other projects get kept somewhere else. And if, if, you know, if a week goes by where those things have not been reviewed, I can feel the tension. I can feel the, mm, am I really moving on these in the way that, they, that I need to do all of these projects have next actions? You know, am I, am I appropriately engaged with them? So that, you know, I know we suggest that that a week, once a week, is a good good um, uh, time interval uh, to to look at your projects, and that seems to be true for me based on based on my own experience. Um, and then the higher horizons, you know, in a way, about probably once every couple months, I'll look at my areas of focus. Um, once a quarter or so, maybe I'll look at my um, at my uh, you know what do I want to have done by the end of next year. Um, as, as you're up at three to five years, you know, what we call vision level. Um, generally speaking, I'm looking at those a couple of times a year um, in a structured way. Quite often, I'll just flip through the list in a, in a kind of a, oh, hey, that would be cool to look at kind of way um, on, a, on a sort of an ad hoc basis. And then the purpose and principle stuff I tend to look at once a year. I, uh, I tend to do it at the end of the year when things have slowed down quite a bit. And um, I have a conversation quite often with uh, with my wife about those things, um, you know, just to kind of make sure that we're uh, that we're you know aligned as far as we can be about what's important in life and are, are the right things getting the right kind of attention. Um, so that's it in a very big ragged nutshell. How about you? Yeah, no, that's great. Mine, mine's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. So I think those are useful guidelines in terms of people at least getting the feel for um, you know what's what's appropriate in terms of the kind of intervals. And I think you'll know. If you're kind of going numb to something, going oh yeah yeah yeah, or it feels like a chore to review it, it's probably probably too often. Um, and then I think the big thing is to just remember, you know, if you're trying to solve a problem, that maybe one pip up, one level up from that problem is going to kind of shed some light and clarity on it. Maybe it's time for that that kind of level of review. If you're going projects, man, I really don't feel like, you know, I understand which which type of project is is most important to focus on these days. You go, okay, well. Areas of focus are, in a sense, types of projects that you could you could bump up a level, have a look, have a conversation with the boss about, you know, is my sales responsibility or this admin thing or whatever, you know, I'm trying to trying to juggle and navigate. Let's let's talk kind of one level up just from the projects about where I should be spending my time with yourself or whoever. Um, these are very useful frameworks for conversations, not only with yourself but but with others to say, hey, I'm juggling all of this. You know, help me out, provide support, provide input. So, um, 
yeah, just, you know, I think, I think you'll know if you're just reviewing so often, you're going numb to something and you'll know if you're kind of craving more clarity at a particular level, just always remember you could bump up, level up one, have a look down, see if that, see if that sheds some light. Looks like we're coming kind of to, to the end of our typical time or amount of time for these. And this feels like a good place to start winding up. Todd, any, what are your kind of, you know, main, main points or takeaways or what kind of support can you offer for people that may be wanting to explore or haven't even considered <laughs> that there is something other than the weekly review that's part of the whole reflection process that they can do if they want to explore some of the higher horizons or, or that kind of thing? What would you say by way of encouragement to them? I, I, just as I'm sitting here, I think it's boiling down to me for two questions, to, to, to two questions. The first question is, what do I feel that it would be helpful for me to be uh, reflecting on reviewing here in this moment. Okay. So uh, do I think I need, as you were saying, some more, some more clarity about the bigger picture? Do I need to be looking sort of at project level? Am I getting ready for a meeting with the boss? And I need to be looking about looking at the list of things I need to discuss with her. Um, so what, what in the moment do you think that you should be uh, reflecting on and, and let the tension as it were that you're feeling help to inform those decisions. And I guess the other thing I would say is if you say to yourself, yeah, I'm feeling some tension. I really wish I had, uh, you know, some, some more perspective and it doesn't feel like there's an element in my system that would give me that perspective. then that might be an indication to you that, well, Hey, maybe it is time for me to sit down with, uh, you know, with a piece of uh, piece of paper and a, and, and, and just write down a draft projects list, if that's what you think you need. So yeah, what, what what do you think you need to be looking at now? And do you have the elements of your system that provide the kind of ideal support that you'd like to have in moments like that? What about you? That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think just just echoing that, you know, that um, that again, when you go to review a particular component, be clear about what you what you want out of the review. And as you say, be kind of, you can be kind of tension driven or driven by. Um, recognizing that, you know, the level that you're at needs the clarity that can, you know, the light that can be shed from, from above, from a higher, a higher horizon. The other thing I would just say on a real practical basis is that obviously you can't review stuff that you haven't put out there yet. So, um, you know, a, a, a lousy draft of an area's focus lift is, is, is better than, than nothing. You know, a, a, a quick sketch of a handful of goals is better than nothing if those really exist for you. So I would just say, encourage people, you know, Get, get out there and try it. Grab a, grab a piece of paper, put on the hat that says, okay, now I'm thinking about this, this particular um, higher horizon and, and spell some stuff out. I think people, as you said, do get stuck on this is a model. It must be complete and comprehensive. I must sort of get it right the first time. But, you know, if you use that to wait and not, and not put anything out there at all, you don't have anything to review. So have a bash, I think is my, have a go is my, my suggestion for, for those of you that may have not broadened out beyond the, the weekly review, uh, get some stuff out there that you could review, see how it, how that is to come back to that, you know, once a week, once a month, every couple months, quarter, annually, whatever feels right for you, try it, give it a go. So thank you everyone for watching, for tuning in. Um, it's always great to get your thoughts and comments as well on this, on this podcast series. So if you do have any of that, info at next-action.co.uk. Uh, we, love, we love hearing from people. 
And be sure to, you know, check out our website and to subscribe to the podcast if you like that format. Listen to us on the train or whatever. Uh, or subscribe on YouTube uh, if you prefer watching us. We like to get this out in as many ways as, as we can, whatever way works best for you. Meanwhile, from me and from Todd, we're wishing you great reflection at the appropriate horizons to just help you feel more in touch with all the good, rich stuff in your life. And we'll see you next time.